0: Welcome to this Thursday edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast. Make sure you follow us over there on social media on all those platforms. Give us your feedback. We love hearing from you. We want to talk about what you want to hear about. The best way for you to do that is on social media. So, at PBW Podcast, make sure you're supporting the bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Give them a follow and subscribe on that platform. Check out all the other great shows that they've got going on over there. I know they would appreciate it. And of course, Sports Wire Radio. Tom and the crew over there do a fantastic job of keeping you up to date on sports 24/7. So, for your sporting needs, make sure you're checking out Sports Wire Radio. And of course, If you're listening on a traditional audio format on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, thank you for doing that. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. That helps the show out. We appreciate that very much. Once again, my name is Chris Belcher. Thank you for hanging out with us on a Thursday to talk all about current wrestling stuff. And of course, I could not do that without the young buck, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, joining me is Mr. Andy York, sporting his Adam Cole gear today. Andy, (laughs) how's it going, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. I, uh, I'm i feeling better. I was a little under the weather earlier this week, but mm. uh, kicked out at 2, so I'm doing good. I'm fine. I'm ready to keep rolling. and uh, Busy week, a lot of uh, fun stuff to talk about and a couple things that are uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have differing opinions on and things like that. It's going to be a lot of fun to dive into.
0: It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of... It's literally like opposite ends of the spectrum going yeah. on this week in the world of wrestling. A lot of real things and a lot of I don't know, man. It's going to be fun to get into for (laughs) sure. But Andy and I decided that it would be fun to bring in a third perspective this week. Uh, We do this somewhat semi-regularly. But joining us this week is a man that is busier than Andy and I both. I think busier than Andy and I put together. This man is the author and creator of Tyler's Take blog, he is the author and creator of the Words of Faith podcast. He is a part of the the Rewind wrestling radio team and a part of the CCW commentary team. I don't know how this man keeps his head on straight, but he stays busy. Ladies and gentlemen, your friend and mine joining the show again, Mr. Tyler Peters.
2: Man, how are you? Uh, it's always a fun time to join you, Chris and Andy, and, and thank you guys for having me, but you guys are busy as well. And I don't know how we stay sane. Thank God for wrestling. And sometimes that'll drive you crazy as we're going to find out.
0: It sure will. Uh, it sure will. Uh, one of the things that I want to acknowledge before that we go on is Tyler wrote a blog a couple of weeks ago and got retweeted and commented on and shared by the one and only Mr. Eric Bischoff. Now, Tyler, <laughs> How cool was that to to open up your Twitter feed? Oh, Eric Bischoff's reading my stuff. How cool is that?
2: Yeah, that was a, a moment I'll never forget because, I mean, if you guys remember Nitro, the Monday Night Wars, and, and Raw, and just how controversial easy he was, but to have him actually like it, I'm like, yeah, that's a highlight, man. That I'm surprised I didn't make that a pin uh, tweet, as it were, because that was just—I <laughs> I thought I was dreaming. I'm like, easy, he actually liked the tweet, so it, it just meant a lot to me that he would even acknowledge it. So that made my day, probably my my year.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. So, <laughs> um, so again. As we've told you people before, when we bring on guests, we don't just bring on guests for the sake of bringing on guests. We bring on wrestling fans. We bring on knowledgeable people. Tyler obviously knows what he's doing, and Eric Bischoff agrees with that. So, no matter your opinion about Eric Bischoff, the reach that that man has is uh, is, is something to look at. So, congratulations to you on that, Tyler. Uh, oh, thank you. Congratulations on all your hard work. Again, Tyler's Takes, Tyler's Take blog. Go check it out. Words of Faith podcast, Rewind Wrestling Radio. Um, We're going to plug all that stuff at the end and tell you exactly how to get there. But go check out those platforms. That's where you are here, Tyler. Speaking of platforms that you will hear us, if you haven't checked out this past Monday's episode, what on planet Earth are you waiting for? Andy and I are launching, as we've decided as of, Mm, about an hour ago we are (laughs) launching a new show here on the pipe bomb wrestling podcast it is called the pipe bomb wrestling federation so all of this time that andy and i spend talking about oh i would do this with that guy or i would do if if i had the pencil i would do this well guess what our brand new show that is launching here in a couple of weeks more details to follow Is going to be just that. If you missed Monday's draft episode, Andy and I drafted our rosters for the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Federation. And coming up in a couple of weeks, you are going to get to hear all of the storylines on a week-by-week basis leading up to the pay-per-views and all of that kind of stuff. And I think Andy's wearing his Adam Cole shirt today because he's upset because Adam Cole is not on his (laughs) roster.
1: A little bit. I'm a little salty about it, but that's okay. I'm I'm happy with what I've got.
0: That's okay. You stole both of my general managers. I'm not happy about it. Not happy at all. But anyway, (laughs) if you haven't checked out last Monday's episode, please go do that. It is so much fun. We brought back Brad Beal to be the man at the gorilla position for the PBWF, and it is a lot of fun. Andy, we've been texting all week this week about, like, I can't believe how much fun this actually is. This was such a good idea. And, man, we're, we're doing it. It's going to be a blast.
1: Yeah, I, I'm enjoying booking my first show and, like, booking scenarios. Um, I'm definitely the kind of guy that, like, I will build my pay-per-view card first and then work backwards to yep. get the story. Some stuff I've had, like, I have in mind already, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think we are definitely going to have two different styles of shows, which I am mm. excited for because – you like a different style of pro wrestling than I do, which is why we have this podcast together, because we have two different opinions sometimes. So right. it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm I'm very excited to to go on this journey. I will say uh, halfway through when I was drafting my part-timers, I realized how many stars I actually had, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with half of these people yet. So yep. this is going to be fun to figure out what to do with this.
0: There are loaded rosters. Again, make sure you go check out last week's or last Monday's episode, rather. Uh, It's a lot of fun and it'll get you prepared for what's coming up. Again, more details on that in the coming weeks. So get yourself ready for that. All right, let's dive in. We said we got a lot to get to this week, and uh, I am wasting a lot of time. Okay, let's get to what we've got this week. One of the other reasons that we brought Tyler on this week is specifically because. The big announcement that came on Monday, we've talked, Andy and I have kind of thrown it around. How do we feel about it? Whatever. Well, now we actually, it's going to happen. It's confirmed. The Nature Boy Ric Flair is getting back in the squared circle for one final time. It's going to happen uh, SummerSlam weekend as part of StarCast. It's going to be put on by, quote, Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, and... It's happening in, in Nashville at the Nashville Flair Grounds, as they're calling it, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> the rumor is it's going to be Flair and FTR in a six-man tag against the Rock and Roll Express and an opponent to be named later. Rumor was that it was Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat has come out this week and said he was offered the match and he has politely declined the match. So it's not going to be Ricky Steamboat. It'll be interesting to see who it is. But, Tyler, initial thoughts, man. Let's go to you first. Ric Flair stepping back in the ring, 70 however many years old. He was on the brink of death not four or five years ago. And here we go, man.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted uh, just like everybody else. I, I'm such a big uh, Ric Flair fan myself. I went to meet him in, in Nashville, actually, Franklin. And that, that made my day. But I, I got to tell you, as much as I'm going to enjoy seeing the nostalgic part of this, you know, the Nature Boy Ric Flair wrestling one last match, and you can disguise what you can. You know, you talked about all the elements about the match. Uh, I do have concerns, and I think that's why Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, I read somewhere why he declined, because he said, as much as I, I respect Ric Flair, that match he had with Chris Jericho, I think was his last match ever Mm -hmm. i think in wrestling uh he said the fans chanted you still got it and he's like he's afraid if he comes out now he's not going to get that kind of reaction he wanted to leave on a high note and that's what i fear for the nature boy as much as i respect him as much as a mark as i am for him the dirtiest player in the game and i'm happy in a a sense and it's that that feel good story and they can disguise it all they want i just have trepidation would be a word uh, when describing seeing Ric Flair show up, and I, I think it's awesome they picked Nashville SummerSlam weekend and Starcast, all that with the the Horsemen reuniting one last time. But you do have those concerns. You mentioned it, Chris, about the uh, near deaths uh, door. I mean, it, it's very scary stuff. So I, I know he's been training with Jade Lethal. We we've seen the famous videos, and I'm not doubting he can bump a little bit, but it does scare you a little more. So. I've kind of got mixed feelings. I'm happy in one sense, but kind of uh, scared in another. So that—that's all of it in a nutshell. Um, I—I
1: I don't know how I feel about it really. Like, <laughs> I feel like Flair should have had his last match, honestly, against Michaels at WrestleMania. Like, that was the perfect yep. way to <sighs> end it completely. Um, I think it's very safe to say that Flair is definitely one of those old school guys that didn't know when to let go of the wrestling business. um. But I mean, like I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm not excited. Like I've already talked to Chris about it. I'm like, I'm going like, I've never got to see Ric Flair wrestle before. Right. So like, I know it's not going to be Ric Flair, like a Ric Flair-esque match, but to say I've seen Ric Flair in the ring would be really, really cool. Um, Especially if FTR is going to be in there, then I'm like, well, it's going to be halfway decent because FTR is going to be able to hold up a lot of the, a lot of the weight. Mm-hmm. Um, But you know, it's, we knew it was going to happen at some point. We have speculated for a year or so that Flair's going to get in the ring again. Like, it's just, it's who he is. He can't help it. Um, and so, I just hope he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> I just hope he stays safe. I think we're going to, I'm going to take the under on, like, two bumps. <laughs> I think that's all he's going to take is at least two bumps, if that.
0: And one um, of them will be his famous face bump. Oh, that absolutely. That's going to yeah, be one of his too, bumps. Yeah.
1: And that's going to get a massive pop. Like, I'll, I'm going to pop for that. Um, but yeah, I'm, it is what it is. Like it it was going to happen. It was bound to happen at some point and let's just, let's just get it done. Let's just make sure everybody is safe and then let's move on.
0: (laughs) Right. I am I'm really interested to see who that third man on the other side is going to be. Um, I. I feel like that they need a a younger guy to come in there. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, you've got FTR on one side, you got rock and roll express who, claims they can still go andy you and i saw rock and roll express mm, probably two years ago two and a half years ago and yeah. it was rougher than i, I was the only person
1: i think i was the only person in the arena booing them and you i were. don't think he liked it i think he like looked at me at one point and i was like I, you're don't
0: old <laughs> 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 <Fine>. <laughs> um but i can guarantee you this andy if you're in the building tyler if you're he can't, i no. might
1: i might just walk out of the building because that's not gonna be good i why not Jay lethal be the third guy? Like that's (laughs) just have Jay lethal be the third guy. And that's somebody that flair is like trained with is comfortable with. Obviously Jay lethal is definitely flair like in his persona in a lot of ways. And so Mm -hmm. I let it be Jay lethal. I think that'd be fine.
0: I think that would work out the best. That's probably the best scenario, honestly, because then you can recreate the TNA moment, (laughs) get them in the ring and, you know, do the (laughs) thing or whatever. Um, I, of course, have the trepidation that you guys do. I don't know that this is a good idea, uh, if I'm being truthful. Conrad on the Jeff Jarrett podcast this week said, you know, the same people who are sitting here doubting if Ric Flair should get back in the ring are the same people that want The Undertaker to get back in the ring. Well, I mean, that's a fair point. But there are a contingency of people who don't want The Undertaker to get back in the ring. And... The Undertaker also almost didn't die like three years ago. Let's just be real. Oh, he okay. did have a Goldberg match. <laughs> uh, well, okay.
2: <laughs> okay. There's always gonna be that. Yeah.
0: Almost a touche. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's um it's interesting. It's cool that it's gonna be a national. It's cool that it's part of Starcast. Um, it's cool that you know, it's right in our backyard. We can go if we want to. Um I just I don't know I, uh, mm. Andy, you said it best, man. Like after Shawn Michaels, we should have just hung it up, and that was fourteen years ago. Yeah, we're still talking about it. So
2: hard to believe it's been that long.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, I wouldn't believe it if I just hadn't sat here and said it. But <laughs> man, jeez. Anyway, let's let's move on to AEW. I'm sure we'll talk more about flair in the coming weeks as we get closer to SummerSlam and that weekend. Let's talk about AEW. Uh, One of the things, one of the rants that I went on a couple of weeks ago when Andy was on vacation was the fact that the Hardys wrestled on dark. Now, the reason I went on that rant is not that I care one way or the other. It's the fact that there has been a lot of backlash online about how, The Hardys should not be on AEW Dark and blah, 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 blah. What are they doing? Um, And then there's a lot of people who are fine with the Hardys being on AEW Dark. And, you know, it's fine to put the young guys over. Well, those were the same fans that were complaining about Jeff Hardy wrestling on main event, saying that he shouldn't wrestle on main event, whatever. Well, guess what? The situation has arose for yet two other WWE talents that's come over to AEW, and that is the former Isaiah Swerve Scott, now known as Shane Strickland, and Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee, famously known for doing a stint on main event close to the end of his run, and a lot of people, including somebody sitting here on this podcast, was not happy about it. So I'm going to throw to that person first. (laughs) Andy, we see this past week that Keith Lee and Shane Strickland are wrestling on AEW Dark. I think it's the, th- the same thing as wrestling on main event. A lot of people might not. What's your take on this um, demotion, question mark,
1: maybe? Uh, I don't think it's... The, I mean, they're fighting for the tag titles at double or nothing, so I don't think it's a demotion at all. Well, that's true. Because um, they're, they're getting that high-profile feud. Obviously, the Hardys are now getting their high-profile feud against the Young Bucks more than likely at double or nothing as well. Um, I don't know. I don't... Dark is diff like Dark is weird because I don't know what Dark is actually supposed to be. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a main event show or you know, if it's supposed to be to get young guys on to, to get them over with the crowd, people that watch AEW Dark, whatever. Um, I don't think it's bad necessarily for a Hardys to show up every once in a while for a Keith Lee to show up every once in a while for I think in Nashville we saw Ruby Soho pop up, and Andrade pop up on Dark. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad for them to show up there just to elevate Dark even more. I know they got a show called Elevate, but Elevate Dark even more. Um, because, I, you know, it's just you get those guys on there who's not going to turn on to watch Keith Lee on Dark, who's not going to turn. And it's free TV as well. So, that like that, right. I kind of get that aspect of it. If it didn't lead anywhere, I think it's one thing. But the fact that now we have them in a tag title match, Honestly, I think they're my favorites right now to win those tag titles at Mm -hmm. double or nothing. I think if that's the case, then it's not as big of a deal as some AEW fans like to make it out to be or, you know, whatever the case is.
0: Are you tuning in to watch Keith Lee on Dark? Yeah.
1: Okay. You're an anomaly then. (laughs) Um, Because I'm not. I'm just just a Keith Lee mark, so I'm going to watch anything Keith Lee does.
0: I know, but, like, even Keith Lee or the Hardy Boys, like, I'm not tuning into Dark to watch that because when we were in Nashville at the AEW show, Andy, you and I sat through about an hour plus of Dark matches that none of them lasted more than five minutes. Like, yeah, to me, if you're having to relegate those guys to Dark to get them on the show and they're wrestling for the tag titles there might be an issue with what you're putting on your show. Like if those are the guys that need to be featured and all you've got to do is put them on dark, you can't fit them into dynamite. Like, I don't know, Tyler, am I reading too much into this? Am I being too critical? What do you think?
2: No, I, I just think it comes down to they've got so much talent. I mean, Tony Khan is and so many stars that you about have to uh, put them on your other programs to highlight them because people do forget about them. You almost get too saturated with all your big stars. And I get what Andy's saying. I think we can't overreact as a wrestling community by saying why are these guys positioned on these type of programs where the, even the casual fans are not going to see them if right. they watch or tune in to Dynamite or Rampage. It's just... To me, I think it all comes down to Tony Khan Is he gets so excited, which, you know, he's a fan like we are, and he's a new promoter, a new booker, and it's just they've got so much. That's why Ring of Honor will come in handy, because they can feature Keith Lee, Samoa Joe, on those shows and still present them on Dynamite. I think that's what it comes down to. It's just simply they've just got so much talent from the releases, and I know it gets tempting for him to say, oh, he's available. This could be a surprise, but... I think they over-surprise everything to death anymore, and it's not, especially AEW. That's been my complaint, and I'll tell you, the matches may be good. We talked about this on the other podcasts, and I, I would agree with their statements on this, that the TV's not making sense, though. The matches mm. may be solid, but the TV, because it's like, okay, we're a hill one week. Okay, let's be a babyface. Well, fans can't even follow that <clears throat> logic. It's mm. just, that's where it doesn't make sense to me, so I'm, I'm going to be probably in the, majority where i get critical with tony khan's kind of booking now it's not fair for me to say that because i'm not involved inside obviously of what they're doing but even as a spectator i often scratch my head with the way they position some of these stars because you can say what you want to the undisputed and the adam cole shirt i love by the way andy but X T, uh, they should have stayed there because i, I missed that presentation I, i'm not as Ooh. crazy about this whole uh kids club thing with the young bucks I, i'm just gonna have to be honest that's just my perspective i i've not been enjoying it i, I think just go ahead and, and let them turn already which i think they're building to that you don't want to rush it evidently but i think tony conch just getting too giddy with all these uh, new acquisitions and it, it's kind of uh, polluting his product and, th- and that's why we're seeing a lot of these uh, not good changes i think that's why there's reports whether true or not why talent's getting unhappy Mm-hmm. I mean, if, honestly, so that's just something I, I've noticed. Them. The more I watch AEW or, or hear about some of what's going on, whether it's true or not, obviously.
0: Well, I mean, you have to think. AEW has been a company since the beginning of 2019, right? Is that right? Mm, yeah, 2019. Yeah. So the bloom is off the rose at this point as far as a brand new company. Yes, they're still within year number three, but we're, we're past the rose-colored glasses. We're past all of that. There's going to be some issues. Well, we saw that with Big Swole not long ago, and you know that could be one instance, but I guarantee you there's other stuff that goes on. I mean, Cody Rhodes, we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. You know, there was, there was issues there. They're not going to come out and tell you what those issues were, but there were, they couldn't agree, whatever it was, okay? So... Regardless of, of, of whatever that is, I think Tyler, I think you're right. I think just there's there's just so much talent in AEW, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at, at Andy, as I've said several times, we gotta find a way to to shake it all out so that we can get some sort of definitive. You go here, you go here, you go here, and I know what I'm going to expect. Every week when I tune in to whatever program that it is, but back to the point, Andy. Don't I get what you're saying about Keith Lee and drawing fans to AEW Dark? But do you see Dark and main event as a parallel, or do you see Dark as something different? Or I know you said it's not a demotion, which I I can see, but as far as a comparison, what 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 does that look like?
1: I guess, I guess it is very similar to, to. I I would say it's very similar to main event, but I think it serves more of a purpose than main event does, because I think okay. main event, I think main event at this point is just a televised dark match for for everybody before the show. It has it serves no sure. purpose other than to have you know Ricochet versus Tommaso Ciampa for the 18th time in a row go sure. out there and tear the house down. Um, and I think with dark they sort of they try to integrate some storylines but they don't fully do it all the time. I think it it's right. just it depends on who is going to be in the ring. Like I think mm-hmm. when I think when Keith Lee or when Ruby Soho or somebody like like Andrade when he was there, it made they kind of like linked in the drama between Matt Hardy and Andrade when we were in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like they linked that mm-hmm. in on Dark. So I think I think it just adds a little bit more. Um, I don't think it's just uh a show just to have. Sometimes I think it's just a way to get people, you know, who are AEW diehard fans that are going to watch everything they put out. Mm-hmm. They're just going to put these matches out there for people to see. And I I completely agree about the talent thing because I sat here probably two years ago, three years ago before the WWE releases, and they had way too many people on their roster. Like, way, mm-hmm. like they went through every independent promotion and picked every good, like, best wrestler from the promotion just so they could have it. Uh, and so, I I completely agree. I think we got to start picking and choosing who we want to bring in and who we want to keep in the company. Because we've started to see, like, you know, um, we've started to see some people that are, like, quietly exiting the company, not renewing their contract, not resigning, mm-hmm. things like that, which... You know, I fully understand AEW's point of like, I'm putting more stock in a guy like CM Punk who's going to draw more than Joey Janela. Like, I, right. I I get that aspect of it. But, you know, it's just we're Tony Khan's going to learn to put the pin down sometimes and just look at what he's got and work with what he's got. Um, and so, I, I you know, I think it, it just depends on the situation at times and the moment at times. And I, you know, I think we're just slowly starting to build. Guys, like, because Keith Lee's not been in the company for six months yet. I think it's we're at like six right. months, something right. like that. So he's just now still kind of starting out in the company.
0: Yep. And then of course we had the debut last night of Johnny Elite, aka John Morrison, uh, which is fun. I think AEW is a good place for him uh, as long as they let him do some comedy stuff because that dude's got a sense of humor like nobody else. <laughs> so I got to see him do some fun stuff. I just don't know that AEW is the place for that. As far as his skills and his athletic ability, yeah, he belongs in AEW. But having said that, Andy, I think I think you're right. I think it's, man, I don't know. Like, it seems very, and Tyler, you can probably relate to this because you're a little bit older than Andy. No, not a dig against Andy, but this feels very WCW-esque. In, in the late 90s. Man Bischoff had that Turner money and he was just signing whoever and whenever and whatever. You know what I mean? I mean at uh, one he, he point was. at one point we had the Sandman, we had Bam Bam Bigelow, we had Jeff Jarrett, we had uh we still had Van Hammer on the roster from the <laughs> mid 90s. I mean, you had all of these talent and they didn't see the light of day. Heck, you had AJ Styles at the end. So like Title it just it feels very WCW esque to me and I hate I'm not saying that AEW is going to end up like WCW but they're going to have to be careful you know what I mean
2: yeah I think that's uh, Tony Khan's fell victim like all of us fans would be tempted to do we we kind of go back to nostalgia like he probably watched the WCW Nitros and the Raws and he's trying to recreate some sort of you know, nostalgia act with some of the new talent and it just sometimes you got to be careful of that like you mentioned as much as we respect eric bischoff i mean there was still a lot of eternal mistakes made with, between yeah. turner and uh, wcw so you definitely don't want to replay those again because we we saw what happened mm-hmm. and uh if you want to be the alternative i'm afraid they're becoming uh not only wcw light you could argue wwe light in a, in mm-hmm. a way because they're that's what I'm, I'm afraid we're seeing a trend, too, that as great as these superstars, they can be presented differently, which I, I agree and, and like. Uh, we kind of get into uh, some dangerous waters because I think we're we're copycatting instead of being our own company. And that's what I feel. And not just AEW. We, we saw that with a lot of companies prior. But I, I feel like with each new company upstart, that's they try so hard to be like another. And they yeah they say, oh, we're going to be wrestling. Well, that, that's where I, I tend to disagree. And I, I hope that makes sense to uh, those watching and listening to you guys. That, that's what I feel when you brought up the whole 90s with Eric Bishop. That, that is some parallels. I mean, fair or not fair. Uh, so I, I sure hope not that Tony Khan would not resurrect these kind of eras. But unfortunately, hey, they're on Turner, and and who knows? Uh, we've heard ramblings, hey, it's Turner how long ago? this new love affair with wrestling because they've right. got hockey, they've got all this entertainment. So it makes you you wonder. So I don't know. I'm going to throw it back to you guys, but that, that's kind of what I'm feeling. It's Tony Khan's going to have to tread lightly. I mean, I, I respect him. I'm not on tr- here to knock him, but I feel like even as a fan, he just he's trying to recreate too much without getting more original ideas. And that sometimes can hurt you.
0: Andy, I can certainly see parallels from, like I said, WCW. And Tony Khan has been very vocal about how he was a huge ECW fan. I can see some ECW stuff going on there. So I understand trying to bridge the gap and get the best of those companies and of the indies. But I just, man, I just worry. I just worry that the cocaine's going to his head. I just worry that, no, I'm, I'm not accusing Tony Khan of being a coke addict, but he's got something going on. Um, Andy, I just, any final thoughts on all that?
1: Uh, I agree. Like I, I agree for the most part. I, I think it is definitely a modern day. You can, it's easy to compare it to a modern day WCW because sure. WWE has never had a competition like this since WCW. Right. And so it's you're, I think everybody knew from the beginning, they were going to get the WCW compares and they were going to get all of that. Yep. Um, I kind of get it, but also, like, I feel like it still is definitely much an alternative because you're not... And I, th-
0: and I think the reason, and I'll, I'll interrupt you real yeah, quick and then expand on this. I think the reason, the difference in all of this, we're sitting here talking about WCW, ECW, all that, the difference is match quality. WCW yeah. and ECW put out garbage, especially yeah. after 1998. Now, there was some ECW stuff that was good, whatever, but AEW continues to pump out Quality matches. Yeah. What Tyler mentioned the confusing storylines earlier. Okay. Yes, I get that, but the match quality is is there. Yeah. Go ahead, Andy.
1: And I think and I think with the AEW hard like hardcore fan because I think that's one like I think that's one big difference between AEW and WWE is <clears throat> AEW definitely caters more to their hardcore pro wrestling fan yes. than the casual fan. Like they yep. they appeal more to me than they appeal more to Chris because Agreed. like. I'm used to following independent storylines because if you've ever tried to follow an independent storyline they are at times all over the place through like yep. seven different companies because that's how you kind of have to work things in the independent scene. So I get I get the comparison and to some points but I still feel like it's an alternative because we're not getting I don't feel like I'm being sports entertained when I watch AEW unless Chris Jericho's on the screen and that's the point. Like that's the that's right. why he's such a good heel in AEW is because of that aspect. So I think that is I think that's the only part where I kind of disagree is I still feel like it's an alternative. I don't think they are being WWE. Like I think everybody and everything, whether it's wrestling or a Marvel fan or whatever, gets stuck in the nostalgia era. Otherwise, someone like Undertaker and Goldberg would not be wrestling and having these matches and things like that taking place. Um, And I think there is a place for it. Like, I love when Sting does stuff. Like, I love when Sting does stuff in AEW. Now, I know a year ago, I wasn't a big fan of Sting on AEW. Now, I'm enjoying what he's doing. I enjoy when, you know, John Cena comes back or when Trish Stratus comes back or even when Brock Lesnar comes back. Like, I enjoy those (laughs) things. There is a place for it. It's just kind of picking and choosing when you do those things. Yep. So I think that's that's my whole thing. Is yes, they need to be careful who they sign. They need to be careful with, with just throwing money out there, just to throw money because WCW did that, and then it they got too big too quick, and then they killed themselves basically. Right. So AEW needs to be very very careful of that, but still be the alternative that you are, and give us you know five-star matches with maybe a guy I've never heard of before going up against Adam Page, and then all of a sudden, oh, I really like this dude. Like, I'm going to go find more of his stuff now, and then that's kind of where that takes off.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I definitely think it's an alternative. I I definitely think that they're doing some great things. Like I said, their match quality, in some respects, is second to none. You know, there are more often than not, When we talk about high spots and turd sandwiches on here, we're giving a high spot to an AEW match, like the majority of the time. And we saw a lot of those great matches last night on Dynamite as part of the Owen Hart tournament. We saw Kyle O'Reilly and Ray Phoenix, Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe and John Morrison, Britt Baker and the other Joker, Maki Ito. Um, And we, we saw some great stuff. So... Again, that just goes to continue to prove it is an alternative. Andy's exactly right. And match quality is what separates them from all of that. It's just, again, it's still a wait and see kind of thing. Because I feel like for every three steps forward that AEW takes, they take two steps back. And then we're kind of in the same spot. Or at least that's the way that I feel. Andy probably feels a little bit different. And that's okay. Again, like Andy said at the top of this show, this is why we have this podcast. <laughs> it's totally fine.
1: Cuz um, like I cuz honestly like the same to me the same argument can be made about WWE at times of like Absolutely. Yes. WrestleMania yes. WrestleMania to me was three steps forward. Yep. The build to WrestleMania backlash was like four steps back. Like right. I I I We were at such a high spot after WrestleMania, and then it kind of died off. And then WrestleMania backlash, they were like, "Yes, but here's great wrestling." Oh, I'm I'm bought back in now. So like, exactly. Every company has a roller coaster, and you're going to have like high moments that where they're killing it when Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debut on the same night, and like one of the greatest pay per views of all time. And then we kind of go back down. Like every high has to be followed by a low, and it would just that's kind of what we're on.
0: And then you got people walking out, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then you got people jumping ship, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but anyway, uh, this would not be an episode about the of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast if Chris Belcher did not bury Jim Ross at least once on commentary. Um, I'm not going to bury anything that he said. I know Tyler's a big Jim Ross fan. I'm not going to bury anything that he said. What I am going to bury is AEW re-signing him to an extension. At the same position that he is in for another year and a half. Andy, I have to sit through Jim Ross for another year and a half. Really?
1: Yeah. I <sighs> I get why they're doing it somewhat because obviously – you're going to like some people are going to tune in to watch AEW just to hear Jim Ross because he is when that when people think of the voice of wrestling, he is the first name that pops up as the voice of wrestling. Um honestly, I hope this is them resigning him so that he can help someone else come up and take that place after a year and a half. Who that other person is, I have no idea. Um it could be uh Mauro Ranallo if they wanted to reach out to him because that would be something different than you know Excalibur and Tony Schiavone um it could just be Excalibur like Excalibur could just move over and take that spot at some point because I I think Excalibur is the best commentator in AEW by a long shot (laughs) I think he is he's the easiest to listen to the dude can read a prompt of like upcoming cards better than anybody in the game like he can get moving through those things very quickly Um, and so I, I think he could take that spot eventually, but it's going to be, I just, I've got to the point where I just, I don't even listen to JR on commentary anymore. I just listen to Shivani every other word. And then I'm like, Oh, let's listen to Excalibur, what Excalibur has to say. And it could be a part where like punk could take that spot. If he's done wrestling like a year and a half, punk could just go in and take the commentary spot.
0: I think Jericho's the man for the job. That's just my opinion. Um, speaking of too. Mario Ronaldo, special treat for you guys coming up here in just a minute. Um, anyway, Tyler, we we dig on JR. I know you're a fan. Are you okay <laughs> with this signing? Like if if you can if you could be, I don't know, somewhat I don't want to say somewhat critical, but his performance in AEW, even you have to think that, like, it's not been stellar. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's been kind of uh, hard to watch as much as I do respect Jr., I think we all do. It's just not been the the same Jim Ross. uh, You mentioned it, Andy. He's not the voice of wrestling, like the Hell in the Cell moment and all those iconic moments. So it is a little disheartening, but I I think they just extended his contract signing to a new deal I'm with Andy. I think he ought to take more of that ambassador role where he cultivates talent, whether it's commentary. He was over talent relations. He could help them scout talent. I think JR would, is definitely valuable. I mean, there's no doubt about his equity. Uh, but I, I think he, he's having almost too much fun. I think JR has his brown mules or something, that drink he has, and he's just sitting back. and this. I love it, though. I, I do like JR getting sarcastic. But it's one thing in a podcast, but you don't want that translating into your product. And I'm afraid sometimes that's what happens even with Shivani as much as I, I, I respect and admire Tony Shivani. And I got to say, I'm not a big Excalibur fan, but you're right though. He knows the history even with these Japanese wrestlers and I learn something about it. So I, I've come to appreciate him more. I, I will say that. And uh, but I'm not really surprised because uh, I, I think they're trying to look for that commentator. Like you mentioned, Chris, now Mauro would be good. I think, hey, Todd Phillips, who, uh, I don't know what name he's going after. I know he's with Impact, but that would be somebody good, I could take. That's you know, the one that I have good.
0: begged for a long time that AEW would sign. If they would have signed Tom Phillips, a.k.a. Tom Hannafin, if they would have gotten him, I don't know how long his contract for Impact is, but if they would have gotten him, I would be much more <laughs> inclined to listen to <laughs> AEW commentary. I'm just telling you.
2: Yeah, he he's very good, and people don't realize just how – uh, good he is till he you know even left the WWE because right he would be in the same vein as Michael Cole I think just as good to be yep. to be fair to Michael Cole as uh, seasoned as he is so that would have been a, a great change and because JR could just come back and maybe JR would be better doing the interview segments like he would do with Austin mm-hmm. Rock with talent that's somewhere else I think he excels still at his age I'm happy for him but I get the criticisms because I, I, in a way, feel sorry for Jim Ross sometimes, because I'm like, this is just sad to see, because we remember all the WCW moments, then him joining Vince, and now it's come to this. So, but yeah, Tom Phillips is somebody I I agree, I think would have been a great fit for AEW.
0: I I think we can all three agree, like Tyler just said, that JR has his place in AEW. He truly does. I'm not discounting them or knocking them for re-signing him, because they absolutely should have. But putting him on commentary for another year and a half is a huge mistake, in my opinion. They need to get somebody else in there. And I think, we've talked about it on this show, Excalibur would benefit from somebody that can be up on his level, not that he's trying to bring them along like he is Tony and JR. Nobody on this podcast is discounting anything that JR has done in the past or anything that Tony Giovanni has done in the past. But in 2022, that ship has sailed, folks. And we need to... We need to move on. Um, anything else, guys, from AEW Dynamite last night? I know I mentioned a couple of the matches. Andy, I'll throw it to you first. Anything from Dynamite that you know that you want to bring up?
1: Uh, not necessarily just from Dynamite specifically, but like I have loved the Owen Hart Tournament. I have loved great. what they have done with it, and like yep. how how it's been integrate like it's been integrated into each show, and it's been made to feel extremely special, both on the women's and men's side. Yes. Um. So I've I've really really enjoyed watching the Owen Hart tournament. I hope it becomes a yearly thing because it's it's a lot of fun to kind of see that happening. Um. And I, I'm telling you, I I'm hard. I don't think this has been because uh, you'll remember this, Chris, and you'll get a kick out of this. I don't think. I agree with Tony Khan's statement that Adam Page is the greatest AEW champion of all time. Oh I get gosh. why he said it, because he's the baby face of the company right now. And as the promoter, you want to kind of push that narrative across. I get it. He's not. Um, but with how inconsistent his reign has been, every time the dude has a match, it's unbelievable. Absolutely sure. unbelievable. And the guy that he was in there with last night, I don't even remember his name. To uh, to, to Kushida or something like well, that? Who knows? That dude is. I. I. He became. I became a big fan of him last night. He right. <clears throat> was stiff. He worked that New Japan style, and I loved every second of it with Punk on commentary as well. It was just that whole moment was really, really cool.
0: I. Um. I discovered last night. It was a great match, by the way. Not gonna take anything away from it. I discovered last night that I'm not a Hangman Adam Page fan. I'm just not. <laughs> um. Uh, I just. Uh, I'm just not. And that's. Ask me just... how
2: shocked I am about that.
1: I'm
0: sure you're so <laughs>
2: shocked, so, so shocked by that. So the bloom uh, off the rose on Hangman. Yeah.
0: Oh, the bloom was off the rose for me about a before month after he title. won the title. About I was uh, no, before the title. I would well, yes, yes. I agree that he should have won the title about a year sooner than he did, but I understand that that he didn't. No, honestly, like. Bloom was off the rose for me. Like Tony Khan can sit here and say that he's the greatest champion of all time. But when you walk into an AEW venue, when he has been world champion for more than a month and there's no Adam page merchandise to buy at said venue, that's where I have a problem with it. That's not anything personal against Adam page. That's just Tony Khan speaking out of both sides of his mouth, in my opinion, but beside the point, Tyler, anything from dynamite that stood out to you, man, that you want to bring up before we move on.
2: I just gotta say I, I love MJF more and more every week and this whole <laughs> Warlow don't wear Warlow was taking the lashes, the beating, but MJF being the hill he is the low blow and then that catching yep. him with that, that that ring and stuff and then Sean Spears getting involved setting up their match, uh, the chairman and Warlow. I like what they're doing here. Uh, Wardlow was a little reminiscent. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. They're talking about recreating WCW moments with the whole Goldberg scenario with all the security. But for some reason, this works, though, because I think it's something Mm -hmm. new with Wardlow. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I've been very impressed. You know, what can you say about MJF? He has his own mom not liking. Put signs up. I mean, talk (laughs) about keeping it kayfabe. And that's what we're missing. I mean, uh, truly, it's just remarkable. I I get a kick out of that all the time. He's like, you know, I'm not going to cuss on here, but I'll paraphrase this a-hole didn't even wish me a happy Mother's Day. I I mean, that was great.
0: That was really funny. Uh, No, I think one of the reasons that Wardlow is working so well, Tyler, to your point, even though it basically is Goldberg 2.0, I think it's because AEW does not have a monster guy like this that they're pushing. Every wrestling promotion from, from now all the way back to whenever wrestling started, I don't, I mean, I don't know the exact date or whatever, but they've all, there's always a monster in every promotion. Does not matter what promotion it is or there's a monster everywhere. AEW doesn't have that. Wardlow is that monster. People not necessarily want to get behind the monster, but they want to see that. How is the monster going to get conquered? How in the world is MJF going to beat this guy? Like how he's probably going to, but how is it going to happen? By the way, yep. did anybody else notice the terrible spray tan that MJF had last oh night? Oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> Wasn't it so bad? <laughs> no. like his body was. His body looked fine, but his hands were like orange, and I, 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 I laughed for that. I popped for that. I will say yeah. I completely agree about the. They need a giant. I think Miro was that for a while, yes. Um, and then he got hurt, and then went off to do a movie, I think, or a TV. He's TV doing show. something right now. Yep. Um. I agree. They do need somebody, and I, the Wardlow turn was so organic that it's hard not to get behind him. Yep. And to do this thing now, so I I completely agree, and I mean this in the. I know I dog Goldberg all the time on here. I am probably the biggest Goldberg hater in the world, and I'm yep. fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. The Goldberg like, uh, rise that Wardlow has had has been awesome to see. Like. Goldberg and WCW is hard, to, is, is impossible to deny. Goldberg today is very easy to deny, and I think that's what we're getting is like a WCW Goldberg, and it's working phenomenally yep. right now.
2: Yep, I think that spray tan is going to come in the, to play too. Uh, I think it probably no one MJF that he could use that. Yeah, you that know. could be. That's just me being funny. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys, Uh, if you are just now checking us out Welcome to the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast A show that is for the fans, by the fans I'm your host Chris Belcher Thank you for hanging out with us on a Thursday Or whenever you are listening to this If you're not listening to it as soon as it drops We are talking all things current wrestling Which we do each and every week But if you are a fan of the old school stuff Guess what? We talk about that as well each and every Monday So make sure you're checking us out Twice a week, soon to be three times a week um but make sure you're checking this out make sure you're subscribing wherever you find your podcast make sure you're subscribing on the body youtube channel once again my name is chris belcher i'm hanging out today with mr andy york and our special guest tyler peters and we're having a blast talking all things AEW currently sorry we're going long on this but uh we are going to go long on today's show Special treat for you guys as we transition here. Uh, Andy doesn't know that I'm throwing this in, so Andy's going to need to take note of this. Um, special treat that I forgot to throw in a couple of weeks ago. And I can't believe that I did this. Andy mentioning Mario Ronaldo earlier uh, sparked my sparked my memory here. A couple of weeks ago, a uh, quick story for you guys. I was talking with a guy that I work with, and we were talking about the new show. Uh, that's on, I think it's CBS and the name escapes me, but it's some sort of like celebrity survivor meets um, like naked and afraid meets something or other. I don't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's on CBS. Ray Lewis is on it. country music singer. Lauren Elena's on it. A couple other celebrities. It's actually a pretty interesting show. But anyway, show is hosted by Mauro Ranallo. And my wife had it on the TV when I came downstairs one night, a couple of weeks ago. And I recognized Morrow's voice. They didn't show him on camera, but I was like, wait a minute. Is that <laughs> Morrow hosting the show? So I pulled up the old IMDB app and sure enough, Morrow and was the host. I was like, that's sweet. Well, anyway, I went into work the next day and a bunch of guys were talking about something else. And I mentioned that I was like, somebody, we're, uh, one of the guys that I work with used to work for Turner and he was talking about he worked in the boxing world and some stuff like that and was talking about Moro. And I was like, did you know he's the host of such and such a show? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was putting over how much I love Moro and how much I love the YouTube video of that. They have the lipstick camera on him throughout the entire NXT New Orleans show. And it's absolutely amazing. And we played the video and blah, blah, whatever. Well, fast forward. The guy that worked with Morrow, that worked in the boxing world in return or whatever, he goes, hey, I'm going on vacation this week, but I've got something for you whenever you come back or whenever I come back. I said, oh, okay, that's strange. Well, anyway, he comes back and he texts me this video and he says, watch this. And I said, "Uh, "Okay." so I'm going to play that video for you right now. We're going to put that in here and then we'll see you on the other
1: side. Aloha and mamma mia! Hey Chris, it's your pal Moro Ranallo coming to you from the paradise of the Pacific. Appreciate your support. I wish it would have turned out differently for me and you know who, but I'm living the life and I hope you are too. All the best, my man. Can you say Chris Belcher? Chris Belcher! I think I did say right at the top.
0: So, hope y'all enjoyed that. That is very cool. That was awesome to get that video uh, hands down. One of the best commentators of the last several years in the wrestling world, Mario Uh, Again, like he said, hate that it didn't work out in the WWE, but you know he's doing his thing and that's awesome. He will always be one of my favorites, and I know that all all the guys on here respect his work. So well, that was very cool. I wanted to throw that in for you guys. Maybe we'll throw it in uh, again in a couple of weeks. But as we transition to the WWE. Uh, kind of a cool bridge segment that I wanted to bring up this week, especially with Tyler being on Andy and I have talked ad nauseum, not that we're sick of it, but we've talked about Cody Rhodes a lot over the last two months for good reason. Andy Cody Rhodes has been in the news and Cody Rhodes is making waves and doing great things in WWE. But I thought this would be a good time to sort of assess both sides of the coin with Cody Rhodes. And of course I'm talking about AEW as well. AEW has been without Cody Rhodes since January, but they've been really without Cody Rhodes. Like we've really seen them since the beginning of April, of course, at WrestleMania. So we're about a month and a half really without Cody Rhodes and having Cody Rhodes on the other side. So Tyler, I want to start with you from the perspective of what does AEW now in your opinion, what's it look like without Cody Rhodes? Like, do you, do you miss Cody being there? Do you notice him being gone at all? Do you think AEW is better without him? Like, how do you feel about AEW since Cody has, has been in WWE?
2: I, I feel like Cody and WWE were meant to be together again. And it, yep. it's obviously... You know, we we know it now. It's easy to say that make the statement. Uh, as far as AEW, I, th- I think they're going to be all right. I mean, because like any company, it's not a surprise when you see a lot of stars leave. This was more of a shock because he was an EVP and somebody very influential was Cody Rhodes. Uh, however, I think Cody, we knew he was probably going to go back to WWE because he's uh, not trying to fulfill – you know, Dusty Rhodes' complete legacy, but since Dusty didn't win that title back in the old WWF days, and he alluded to this in a promo, that's why it resonates when the I think we he definitely wants a shot at Roman Reigns or those championships. And I think we are going to get that down the road. And I've loved what they've done with him. I mean, they've definitely bought into Cody Rhodes and have pushed him to the moon, pardon the pun by Cameron Grimes. A, <laughs> a little throw to him and uh but I, i've enjoyed the american nightmare being back in wwe it, sure it was surreal i'm not gonna overstate that it was not uh but I, I feel cody has just been on a tear with seth rollins i think it's been great tv it's been a fresh of a uh you know it's been some uh a fresh cut of pain is what I'm getting at trying to find the words as far as Cody being back in WWE. And I think AEW will be fine. They'll be like any promotion. Sure. He was missed by some, maybe not by others as we we know there's been problems, but I I don't have an issue. I I love Cody not being in AEW. I I think he's where he needs to be. I think WWE has just really uh, highlighted him and pushed him rightfully so. And uh, so I, my take on it that Cody and WWE are meant to be together again. And, and that we're going to see the results now.
0: And I know I agree with that. I know Andy agrees with that too, is, is it feels right that Cody is mm-hmm. back in WWE, but Andy from an AEW perspective, do you, I mean, clearly something wasn't working with mm-hmm. AEW and with Cody. So clearly they're able to move forward in a way without him. That's going to benefit them. Like, do you feel like something is missing? Do you? How do you feel about AEW since Cody's been in
1: WWE? So everybody knows that listens to this. I'm a big Cody Mark. I almost passed out when it came out. I was screaming so loud at WrestleMania. That is true. I love Cody Rhodes. I'm prefacing this to say this: AEW does not need Cody Rhodes. Mm. I think AEW has been better since Cody Rhodes left because I think mm. that more people have gotten a chance to do something other than just Cody. And I feel like, you know, we've now got the story with Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara. We've got MJF really being the main heel of the entire company and Mm -hmm. like doing his own thing. We've got CM Punk now, which I feel like CM Punk has definitely taken that Cody spot of like putting him with these guys, like a page, like an MJF, like a Darby Allen and letting them work together. I feel like that's kind of, Ben punk's role in aew for the most part so i really don't think aew needs punk i don't think aew is hurting or doesn't need cody i don't think they are hurting without cody um and i don't think cody is hurting without aew i think aew fans were done with cody months before he was done with them mm-hmm. and i think it was time i think he's home now he's he's right where he needs to be and aew is right where they need to be without him and i i think i think both sides are for the better because of it right now
0: I'm going to play a good host and attempt to ride both sides of the fence here. Um, (laughs) I didn't realize until Cody got to WWE, how big of a Cody fan that I actually am. Like I, I knew that I was a Cody fan when he was in AEW. I know now that I'm a huge Cody Rhodes fan. So from that perspective, I think he is where he belongs in WWE. It was like Tyler said, it was a matter of time before he was going to come back. If you looked at the AEW roster, the minute that AEW launched and you would have said, okay, of the WWE talent that they brought in, who's going to go back? I I think we can all agree. The first one we would have all said was Cody Rhodes. He's going to eventually go back at some point. Despite I might have
1: the- said Jericho before before Cody, but. Okay. But- okay.
0: I mean, that's that's totally fair. I think that's totally but fair. Yes. Yeah. Um, despite the EVP title, Cody was going back at some point. So I think we can all accept that. However, like when I watch AEW, I kind of miss Cody Rhodes being in AEW as well. And I think that's just because I'm a Cody fan because I was probably in the minority of people who enjoyed the stuff that he did in AEW. The MJF thing kind of drug on a little bit, but the, it was fine. Um, Andy and I put over tremendously the stuff he did with Malachi Black. What a great storyline that he did with Malachi Black. I mean, so it was. it's kind of bittersweet that he's not in AEW because I think he could have done so much for that company. But as we can clearly see now, that company was going in a direction that Cody would have just been pulling against. So it's better that he's not there. It's better that he's in WWE, and that's totally fine. I just, I don't know. It's as someone who likes to try to find the positives in AEW and tries to pick out the things that I really like, Cody would have been that thing. So yeah. I looked forward every week to his promos, to when everybody started booing him. And then by the end, everybody was on their feet and everybody was cheering him because he's yeah. so dang good. Now we just get it in WWE every week.
1: Yeah, and I think – because I think, I think the flip, there's a flip side to that. Of like I I fully agree that Cody and AEW was going to be one of the top two guys to go back to WWE. Yep. And I think the flip side of that, I you know I know Tyler's not a big fan of what they're doing with him right now. I I felt like Adam Cole, for the most part, throughout NXT, was like a fish out of water sometimes. He was the top mm. guy in the company. He was the best guy in the company. There was no denying it. But it wasn't the same Adam Cole that I fell in love with in Ring of Honor and in new japan and so now seeing that back in AEW, it's like cody rhodes is home in a AE- in wwe adam cole is now home Ooh. in AEW. so i feel like that like those two comparisons because if if they didn't have an adam cole and a brian danielson and a cm punk i feel like AEW would be hurting a lot more without cody but because adam cole has filled that role in as honestly since kenny has been out and since cody's gone has become like the face of AEW because he is on every single week doing something on either Rampage or Dynamite. He like he is the he's home in AEW. So I feel like those two comparisons really come close together.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you somebody else who I, I believe it is right in AEW who I never would have thought, and, and I'll use Sting as an example. I thought mm. it was great seeing him in WWE, but I got to admit, AEW has done a lot with him. And I know that injury, you know, was a lot that hampered what WWE could do. I'm not blaming mm-hmm. them, but I feel like they they have kind of honored him uh in a better way. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something I, I will give a lot of credit to all elite wrestling for, is for when Steen came over, they they utilized him, uh, I think, very well.
0: As much as I hate to admit that um, <laughs> Andy is right about the Adam Cole thing, uh, Yes. I don't, I'm not going to say he was a fish out of water in NXT, but I also didn't know the Adam Cole before NXT. So I think Adam Cole is is where he needs to be in AEW. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I'll still be a big Adam Cole fan. And I think Andy and I said it for a long time Adam Cole was going to be the face of this company. They're yeah. just, you can't deny that. Like, you no. cannot take that away from him. He is going to be the face of AEW. And here we are. Uh, does it help that? Kenny Omega is on the shelf. Yes, it does. But, you
1: know, but it is I it also is. think when Kenny comes back, that's going to amplify it even more because then sure. there's okay. your two bulls running into each other at all out. And, like, that's – who's not going to buy a ticket to watch Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole in AEW?
0: Kenny Omega better pass the torch and put that guy over. That's all I'm saying.
1: Probably. He needs to. It's his first match back, though, so it's got to – But Adam uh, it, Cole
0: needs to win. He
1: does. Adam to Cole lost so much. I think he's going to win the Owen Hart tournament.
2: Yeah, you can lose so much it hurts your value. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah, you, he's got to – I'm with you. He's got to get a win, and Kenny's bad about that. I mean, you can. he's a talented wrestler, but he's bad about not wanting to help some people. I mean, we've seen that throughout. Uh, that's just me. I mean, I, I can tell you that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm on the fence. I, I'm
0: the hill here. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm always on the fence about Kenny Omega. You just never know. But it's not taking anything away from match quality or his abilities. Right. But, you know, uh, just go back to our debate episode with Mr. Trent Osborne about the PWI 500. I mean, Kenny Omega is not number one in my opinion. Anyway, that's beside the point. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to some controversy, guys. Um. <laughs> The big controversy in the world of wrestling this week. Sasha Banks and Naomi taking their ball and going home from Monday Night Raw. Now, I am going to pull this up on my phone. I'm going to read WWE's statement that they made during or after Monday Night Raw. I can't remember which one. It was during. It was during. Okay, during. So, WWE released this statement. I'm going to read it because I think it's very important. It adds a lot of context to what we're about to talk about. So let me read this statement. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis's office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They used the word belts. Amazing. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event. Hmm. So, a lot to break down here. A whole lot. First of all, to give context, Sasha Banks and Naomi were set to be part of the six-pack challenge with Nikki A.S.H., with Dewdrop, with Asuka, and with Becky Lynch to determine the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Rumors going around is that Naomi was set to win said match, which she would have known before she walked out. Um, do you? Th- okay. Before we dive in, Tyler, instant reaction to all this. Sasha Banks has kind of done this before. We're, we're, we're back again. What, what did you think when you first read about this?
2: Uh, I was uh, surprised, uh, didn't really know Sasha's history with doing this, so you brought it up, but uh, my personal feelings about it were uh, whether you believe in it or not, you just don't walk out during a show, and I, right. I thought that was unprofessional, I'm, I'm going to take a, a different take on it. I just think to be the star that she is the caliber and I I have a lot of respect for Sasha Banks and for Naomi but if Naomi the rumor was true she was going to be in a position to challenge for a major WWE title and they still walked out and were don't matter how frustrated you are think about that opportunity yep uh and I I know you got conviction but it then the whole show had to be redone which ended up being fine because we got and Becky Lynch later but Think about the other talent you hurt when you make such rash decisions based on emotion, and that's where you need to take a step back. So I'm actually gonna side with WWE a little bit on here. And I know a lot of people will probably be shocked by that, but I just thought maybe they they took it way too far and throwing the titles to John Laronidas and then walking out. I mean, we know this has happened before, but it just it did take me a step back when I, I heard the news and I just can't believe it. I, I would think if Naomi, if those rumors are true and she got that that title shot, why would you do that? I mean, I know you're the, the women's tag team uh, title holders, but you're also robbing other talent of opportunities too in that six-pack challenge. So I thought that was selfish on their part.
0: And the other side of that, before I get to Andy, is that rumors was that Sasha Banks was going to challenge Ronda Rousey for the other women's championship. Now they were both scheduled to lose – if you believe the rumor and innuendo, that could come into the disrespect thing. But, Andy, what's your instant take on all this?
1: I don't know. My, my instant take is, one, the women's tag titles just need to go away. Like, the tag, t- tag titles just need to be done with. They've caused more problems than they have solutions. I agree with point. that. I agree with so that. So, they, they need to go away. And, obviously, <clears throat> WWE does not care about the women's tag team division at all. At all, otherwise they wouldn't break up every tag team after a month and then form new mm-hmm. tag teams out of old tag teams and blah, blah 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 blah. So, I just feel like they need to get rid of the women's tag team titles. I, <clears throat> I understand walking out to an to a degree to an sure. extent. I sure. think it is. I think it is unprofessional to do it during a show. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you are going to be the women's tag team champions. You don't want to lose to the main champions because then that puts you on a lower pedestal than everybody else. Sure. So I get that aspect of it. And I, there's no way Naomi was going to beat Bianca. Let's just be completely honest. There's no way Sasha is going to be Rhonda. Like those two things are not going to happen. And honestly, like I feel like Sasha Banks is hard to work with at times. Mm-hmm but she has an excuse when she's as good as she is. Like I she is she should be right up there with Becky Lynch and Charlotte should. Flair and she's not. Um she hasn't been since WrestleMania 37 and even that wasn't there that was just there to get Bianca to the next level. So like I I feel like Sasha Banks has been disrespected a lot here recently. I feel like they don't know what to do with her because they don't some Somebody somewhere doesn't like her, I feel like, and they're not going to use her a lot. And I feel like that's coming into play. Um, you know, WWE didn't release a statement when Brock Lesnar threw the Universal title at Vince McMahon, and that was broadcast everywhere. And that was at WrestleMania. Like, I right. there's just a, there's a whole lot of inconsistencies here as well. So I get WWE's perspective. I get WWE's side. But I get the frustration that Sasha and Naomi must yep. feel of, like, we were riding high after WrestleMania. And then all of a sudden we are now, you know, bridesmaids in a 24 seven title thing. And we're doing some other stupid stuff that has no indication and no purpose at all. So like I get both sides of the spectrum. It's just get rid of the women's tag titles. Just get rid of them. I'm going
0: to play both sides here. uh, As uh, I'm supposed to do as the host. I get where Sasha and Naomi are coming from. I get that, um, like Andy said, uh, I get that you don't want to lose as tag team champions to to the two women's champions. I get that. But at the same time, you're working on top. You still have the opportunity to work on top. You can't win every time you work on top. Like, Sasha was a double champ not long ago with Bayley. They were the tag champs, and they were both the women's champions. That cannot happen every single time that you're the tag champ or that you're the women's champ. I think a lot of the issue that we're seeing here with Sasha Banks being disrespected, like Andy said, Sasha Banks is talented. Sasha Banks should be handed the moon. Sasha Banks should be on Becky Lynch's level. She has the charisma. She has the character. But Tyler, that attitude just seems to get in the way a whole lot. And I think that has some to do with the way that she's being handled. Would you agree? Like, it seems like there's a pattern here, you know?
2: I, th- I think there is an unhealthy trend and, and I would concur that Sasha Banks is a, a top tier uh, w- women's athlete that goes for men and just all across the board. But there's something to be said about respect and professionalism. I mean, yep. you may disagree with Vince and a lot of the creative, but he's the filter at the end of the day. Yep. And that that's what I'm, you brought up a great important observation. They're still working on top. So what kind of example are you, Given to the other ladies that are coming up. I mean, because that, and I think that's why the company feels they had to do something because they're like, you're you're sending a message to these talent getting called up from NXT or, or somebody switching brands, and and we may need to position them a certain way, and we've got a lot of creative storylines we've been arcing and and getting set for the matches and rivalries, and now you do something like this. Yep. We're going to have to call you out on it. Now, I don't agree with kind of wording it the way they did, but they mm. felt like they had to make a statement and they were left with no chance. They kind of had cuffs on them in a, in a sense, because yep. here you have two of your stars. Yep. We had a main event that was supposed to go on to uh, decide a, a big time title pitcher. And these two decide, hey, we're just going to walk out. Now, I, I don't care in mind that you stand up for what you believe, but it's the right. timing of it. Yep. And it, you don't do it during the live broadcast. So I, I think it hurt a lot of feelings. I mean, Corey Graves even mentioned, it. Yep. he just, he had, he had no choice but to say it was unprofessional and Hey, they walked out. That's why this match. Cause Becky Lynch in the segment with Adam Pierce had, had to mention it too. Cause right. everybody was going to read about it anyways. I think that's why they just had to, had to uh, break the headline. And
0: I, th- I think a lot of the reason that WWE, publicized it the way that they did is because they didn't have the power to change it. It wasn't like they advertised this main event and then some storyline happened and they were able to change the main event based on the storyline because they've been known to do that before they included the point at the end where they couldn't deliver the advertised main event. Well, a lot of times they inflict that upon themselves because of some certain storyline and it changes everything. Okay. That's one thing, but They have every intention of going through with this match. These two ladies, like you mentioned, Tyler, it's a great point. They're setting an example for people that guess what? Stand up for what you believe in. I understand that. But you're setting the example that if you don't like your creative or that you don't like the job that you've been asked to do, you can just turn around and walk out and nothing's going to happen to you. Like, really? Like that's where we are now is that Sasha and Naomi have put several people in positions that are uncomfortable, that are not professional. And it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Uh, I am not going to dive into today's society and all that other kind of stuff because that's a whole other topic that we don't need to get into, but it's a problem because they were going to work on top. Yes, they were going to lose. But, dagum, Tyler, are we in a point in wrestling where you can't lose and not be hurt by it? Like, you can lose and still come out ahead. We see that all the time. It's Sasha Banks. It's Naomi. They're going to be fine. They've been in the company for how many years now? They would be fine losing it's that's not a big deal in my opinion
2: uh, yeah losses are not going to hurt them you uh, brought up a, another great point it i'd rather see a good match in, in the finish have somebody lose that way you build more steam for your storyline for that right. rivalry i mean it's not always about wins i mean i love the sports presentation but you got to remember it is entertainment it's scripted so you're not i think too many people get uh take that a little too seriously i mean with respect to wrestling i mean trust me we're all passionate we get it but there's a lot invested in the wins and losses when it depends on the situation the circumstance but it it's not i don't see a loss hurting uh the the women's tag team champions i mean i think they would have been fine because it could have built to something next week or in a month i mean the way you want to look at it so i'm just uh I'm coming from that side where you just some things I I can understand, but this is one of those, you just, whether you understand or not, you just don't do it. It's the timing. It all comes down to timing.
0: Right. Absolutely. It does. And several people have come up and a lot of people online are speculating that this is a storyline, that this is not real. I, I completely disagree. Like this is a hundred percent real. This 100% happened. Jimmy Smith talked about it on his podcast, Corey Graves wouldn't have brought it up, like you said, on commentary the times that he brought it up. WWE would not have released a statement had it not been something of an issue. You know what I mean? So yes. it it definitely is a real thing. It's not something made up. It's not part of a storyline. This is, this legit happened, and it's sad that it legit happened.
2: Oh, it's, it's very sad because we all like the, the two ladies that are involved, and I just... I just don't get it sometimes now, Austin, he, he did it. And I think at the time, yep. at whether fair or not, he could kind of get away with it, but yep. I, I say that though. I mean, Vince was not happy with him. He actually right. had the rock cut a promo on him. So I'm, I'm yep. going to have to go back on that statement as I'm recalling all the events. So even as much as I liked Austin, whether the creative sucked or not, you still don't walk out. And, right. and that's where I would have disagreed with him, even with stone cold. So the same precedent if it's not, if I'm going to disagree with Austin, I'm going to disagree with the, the stars of the day. And that yep. would be Sasha Naomi, Naomi, excuse me. You just don't do it. There's some right. things that you do in a private meeting. And even then, you got to be careful. But you meet with Vince. You just don't do it on Raw or when SmackDown or a major event's happening. That, I absolutely. think that's the big takeaway. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, with Austin, he talks about regretting it all the time you know, he thought that's mm-hmm. the, the biggest oh, yeah. regret of his career aside from turning heel at WrestleMania 17 is that he walked out on the company that night and he would have handled it differently. He has said that. So maybe Sasha mm-hmm. Naomi will come to that at some point. I don't know. Um, again, you have to be determined, but I'm sure more will come out on this soon. I'm sure that, you know, we'll, we'll flesh this out a little more if they're back, they're back. I don't know. Um, it just, it just seems like another strike against Sasha Banks. And as much as she's incredible in the ring, like personally, this is, this is another, this is another strike in my opinion. That's just,
2: Oh, it's definitely a strike. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see how their push goes. If they do return. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know.
0: Most definitely. All right, let's move on to something else from Monday night. Raw. We see, Liv Morgan officially joining the club with uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor and this whole situation with Rhea Ripley and Judgment Day and kind of a cool moment, man. I, um, everybody that's been listening to this podcast knows that I'm not super high on Liv Morgan. Andy is, but I'm not. Um, but it's interesting to see Liv in the club, Andy. I, uh, we'll kind of see how it goes from here. Yeah is it weird that they added a female or is, uh, okay. I think this is a temporary <laughs> Alliance. I still think Finn Balor is on his way to turning, but that's just my opinion.
1: No, I agree. I think, I think it is only temporary and I think it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's fun. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with her there and how she's going to play a part in it because obviously storylines are meshing together. Um, I wouldn't be shocked though, if both live and, Finn turn on AJ and both of them join mm. judgment day. Um, mm. I think that'd be great. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think it's interesting. It's something for them to do and not get lost in the shuffle. Um, I really think we're heading towards SummerSlam with Bianca versus Rhea for the raw women's title. Yep. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's given them something to do right now. And who's not going to be, as you can see with my bullet club, t-shirt I'm wearing right now who's not going to be excited to see AJ Styles and Finn Balor back together and right. doing that stuff so I'm I'm loving what they're doing with them right now
0: uh, Tyler are you you're good with AJ and Finn finally uniting on screen uh, I, I think I'm good with it as long as we get an I'm AJ good. a proper AJ Finn match at some point soon
2: Yes, that's that's what everybody's looking for. If we can just get AJ and Finn one on one, that's all we need. I mean, just say that and I'm hooked. I'm already there.
0: Yep. That's <laughs> right. Because we've only seen it once and it was on a whim, mm-hmm. and it was an incredible match. we need to see it again. And it was shortly. gonna
1: be better than the uh watching Bray Wyatt dress up as Sister Abigail and fight the demon. So yeah,
0: I'm so glad that didn't <laughs> happen.
2: I'm yeah, so God.
0: glad that didn't happen. Um Let's move on to something that's a little more lighthearted. We've kind of talked about a lot of serious stuff so far. Um, Kevin Owens on commentary is gold. <laughs> then you combine him with Corey Graves. And it's like, I can listen to those guys all day long. Andy, especially for you, because they teamed up and they just buried Byron Saxon the whole time.
1: Anytime Byron gets buried on commentary, I'm... I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it and I'm loving it. So I'm that I was very thrilled with and happy with. I, I, I'm on record to say that I hated the Ezekiel thing when it first happened. Like you, mm-hmm. we, we talked about on the podcast. They have turned me so quick on this thing mm-hmm. to where mm-hmm. it's, it's the funniest thing right now in WWE and it's entertaining. And it's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most when I turn it into raw, And I love that each week Kevin is getting crazier and crazier and everybody around him, even the heels like Chad Gable and Corey Graves are like, yeah, it's a lot. It's Ezekiel. It's not Elias, buddy. Like it's Ezekiel. And it's just so funny to watch him go crazier and crazier. It is.
0: It's so funny. The line of the show came from Kevin Owens. And I specifically wrote this down when he was talking to Byron Saxon. He says, you have a five head, not a four head. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: He also, thought he also went after I'm Byron Saxon for saying Cody hadn't wrestled in like six years. Yes, he
0: did. I noticed that too. <laughs> and I was, was very
1: appreciative of that. I was like, let's not be stupid. Let's like, let's acknowledge that they were somewhere else. We don't have to say where. We can just right. say they were somewhere else.
0: Right. Uh, Tyler, what's your take on this whole Ezekiel, Kevin Owens, and, and kind of where they're going with this? Um, what do you think?
2: I'm with Andy. I, I didn't love it at first either, but it it's really growing on me. And and Kevin Owens just keeps getting better and better. He's he's reinventing himself without needing to be reinvented. He he's just so good and so talented. And I'm with you. He's great on commentary. The whole interaction between him and Graves, and also a great wrestler. So I, I think it's always good when you have some ha ha moments. My only problem when you get them too much, but we're not getting them too much. So this is the right. Uh, mix and balance between high high and the seriousness and Kevin Owens is so convincing the guy could uh, act in a movie he's great I mean he, he could do a comedy special with Corey Graves and Ezekiel and what a testament to Elias actually convincing people when we we know that it's him but doing the pictures on social media even meeting Shawn Michaels oh it was my brother Elias that helped me meet the heartbreak kids so it's so great it's just uh, I just laugh every time I'm with you guys it we need something like this in the program yep.
1: I can't believe we didn't talk about this last week. It, it's kind of a part of this Ezekiel thing. It reminded me of what they're doing with Ezekiel, but we didn't talk about last week about MJF's Dark Side of the Ring doc- documentary thing that he did on AEW.
0: Oh yeah, we did not. That's true. With
1: Jericho commentating that, like that's the vibes that go with it. We talked about last week though, of like this is Chris Jericho coming out through Kevin Owens, yep. and it's just it's so funny to see Kevin like Kevin Owens can convince us in the ring all day long because he is amazing wrestler, amazing performer. Mm -hmm. He's such a good character. Like, he's such Mm -hmm. a charismatic guy that it's easy Mm -hmm. to hate him, but when he's a babyface, it's so easy to love him, too. And so I I love every single second of it.
0: And I think Tyler brought up a great point, too, that we haven't even really brought up. Kudos to Elias slash Ezekiel. Like, we all know, like Tyler said, we all know it's Elias. We get that. We're in on the game. It's fine. But I think everybody on this podcast can admit... There are points where our belief is suspended and you can just see Ezekiel and you do not see Elias. Like, yeah, there are points where they take us on that ride and they can suspend what belief that we have or knowledge that we have. And I see it as a totally different person uh, rather than what it actually is. Let's move on to something from Friday Night Smackdown. And we're talking about comedy and haha. Andy knows that I don't put Matt Riddle over too much. (laughs) Uh, A couple weeks ago on the podcast, I think we were talking about our WrestleMania backlash review when I said that's six of the best performers in the business in the ring together. So I'm going to put Matt Riddle over again. You can mark it down. Matt Riddle calling Sami Zayn rusty was absolutely amazing to me. You know what it reminded me of, Andy? It reminded me of how much fish can bobby fish fry if bobby fish could fry fish
1: didn't he say that as well (laughs) yes yeah yeah i riddle is just killing it right now like i i love i I don't know if you saw roman's instagram video that he did after backlash no where he said six future hall of famers are in the ring right now well five and riddle <laughs> it was like <laughs> like that stuff. I love the like I love the fact that like he was the one that laid the shot in on Roman with his like right, hitting the yep. knee. Like they are they are building Riddle up to yep. whenever this RK Bro thing explodes, <clears throat> Riddle's going to be a star after this. Um, and so I I love what they're doing with him. The dude's great in the ring. I yeah. hated the butterflies or the birds when he kicked off the sandals now i love that they're just doing different animals every single time like when i saw the camels on monday i popped for that that was hilarious to see that so like i they're building riddle up to be a massive star after this whole thing and that like that's the whole purpose of this rk bro thing is yes to turn randy heel probably and make him the evil villain that we all love to hate Mm -hmm. but also to build matt riddle up to be another face of the company another good guy in the company that they kind of need on Raw at this point.
0: Uh, Tyler, one of the things that I'm having a hard time with with Riddle, and then comment on the situation as well, but one of the things I'm having a hard time with, as I get that Randy is his inspiration and that's the storyline and whatever, but I'm kind of getting, I don't want to say, I'm not fed up, obviously, but kind of getting annoyed that Riddle is doing a lot of randy's moves like I, I get why they're doing it and i know that it's not a permanent thing for riddle but we're kind of overdoing it i feel like i'm starting to feel that way What what's your take on riddle and all that
2: yeah i, I can see where the overdoing of randy's moves is could be nerve-wracking uh I've loved the pairing though. Overall, I, Randy Orton's even, uh, I read something and you guys can correct me where he's, he's having fun much like Brock. Yep. It's like, like this run with riddle has been awesome because to be honest, uh, riddle has definitely ruffled some feathers, even among like Randy Orton and, you know, calling people out, but even Randy's getting the liking, you know, love working mm-hmm. with him. And, and I'm, I'm with Andy. Great point that uh shot on Roman, uh, was one of my favorite uh, moments out of SmackDown. So that, that was a great, uh, observation you made and but I, I wasn't a big fan of riddle i may have stated this before when i've been on a guest but he's really grown on me i mean I, i'm kind of getting the whole uh comedy routine with his character now it's making helping me understand more that he's aligned with randy and just even as a singles competitor but i i love that he can showcase the realism of his abilities in the ring but yet be that funny kind of he's high as a cod and like bro <laughs> like the surfer gimmick and you know everything that, that's cool and doing the street profits you got smoked he, he did an austin uh 316 reference it's like you got smoked 416 or i got that i butchered that somehow but it's mm-hmm. something along those lines and they're playing off that i, I think oh. that's great I, I think that's helping fans kind of really get behind him and he's definitely can get over by himself but it with the viper i mean you're definitely going to get to a whole nother level and that's what they're doing and i'm with you if everything you know, according to plan, if a turn happens or they're still together, I mean, I, I hope this just makes Riddle just catapult to being one of those premier stars because he does. Now they've got me convinced and I believe he can be that headliner. And I wouldn't have said that uh, months ago, but that's the beautiful thing about wrestling.
0: Well, the only thing that's growing on me with Matt Riddle
1: is when he says,
0: Hey Randy. <laughs>
2: it's, great. Right.
1: it's great. Like I,
0: I love like, what he says, Randy. It's great. Mm-hmm.
1: I think part of the reason why I love Riddle is he hates Goldberg as much as I do, but also the yeah, fact that like he it's the, it's the people that shouldn't work together that do work together that are so fun to watch. Mm, like, mm. like this, like this case and scenario, like hook and Danhausen on AEW, like those mm. things should not work at all, but they're so entertaining to watch. They're so fun to watch. And it's going to break my heart when Randy finally turns on Riddle but I have a feeling, because going back to your point of like he's hitting too many of Randy's moves, I I agree. I think the RKO is fine because that yes, the yeah. RKO and the Hangman DDT because that's a good tag team spot to hit simultaneously mm-hmm. at the same yes. time. I think whenever they have their singles match, and if Riddle wins, I think Riddle wins with an RKO. And like mm-hmm. I think Riddle could not start using the RKO, but I think that could be like as Randy starts to wind down, maybe that's like a. KO using the stun or passing on the torch. Hey, Riddle, now you can hit this as your finisher, that type of thing.
0: Hmm, that could be interesting. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Man, we have gone long. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, there's so much stuff that we did not get to. Uh, I mean, we had Ronda Rousey rest on a singles match on SmackDown, you had a cage match we didn't even talk about, Alexa Bliss two weeks in a row. I mean, there's so much that we're just not able to get to, but. Um, make sure you keep it tuned in right here to the pipe bomb wrestling podcast. Each and every week, we're going to do our best to bring you all the news and notes and thoughts on the wrestling business. But before we go, we got to hand out our high spots and our turd sandwiches, the highs and the lows this week in the wrestling business, our favorites and our least favorites. I'll go first. We'll start with our turd sandwich and we'll try to end on a high note. I'll start with my turd sandwich and daggum. I'm going to cop out again and I'm going to say this. Freaking cage match with Bobby Lashley and Omos. I hated the finish. I thought it was stupid. I thought we were done with this feud and then it gets worse. Can we please be done with this nonsense? Like I'm tired of it.
1: It's They're doing something next week.
0: Are you oh yeah, they the are Almighty
1: I, Challenge or whatever.
2: They're gonna continue this till we yeah. I think it's going to, go to SummerSlam. You
0: know. <laughs> no,
1: I think it's going to SummerSlam.
0: It's so bad. I'm yeah. so, oh
1: it's so terrible.
0: Uh, Andy, what you got? What's your turd sandwich this week?
1: Um, my turd sandwich this week. You took mine because that was also going to be mine. Would be that. Um, you can have
0: it too. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I'll probably just go with that. That was probably the worst <laughs> thing I saw this week because it was. It took so long to get to the match anyway. That's one of the things I hate about Raw is like especially they normally do it in the main event where somebody will come out like forty five minutes before like the show goes off the air and they only have a 10 minute match, but they've been out there for 30 minutes and we keep nice. cutting backstage. And so like it took forever to get started. The finish was okay. I think it would have worked better if he threw Bobby through the cage and Bobby rolled through instead of just like standing up and is fine. But yeah, I, I'm done with Omas. Omas just needs to go back to NXT or just not be
2: there. Hang anymore. it up. So. Yep.
0: Hang it up. Tyler, what you got, man?
2: I don't mean to, Knock on AEW, I'm, it's not as far as the match is concerned, but that Joker for the women's match, I got to admit, was a uh, letdown. Just after mm. you had Johnny Elite. I, I mean, I got to be fair, but I'm not knocking the match, just the just knowing that's who we got. Because to be fair, I know they were partners. They they did tell a good story back at Revolution, but to me my expectations were automatically at a high when they introduced the former John Morrison and then to have her come out against Britt Baker, uh, that, that was a letdown. For me, mm. so.
0: Yeah, I was I was not excited about the Joker's this time. I was texting with a friend of the show Jason Backwoods. It's like the people that they were up against were most likely going to win, so I wasn't super excited about who the Joker's were going to be this time because it wasn't like, oh, they're going to come in and win. Like uh, Andy, I think, said it last week or week before. We're headed to Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe, hopefully in the finals of the Owen Hart Tournament. And probably Britt Baker. I'm not sure who's on the other side. I know she's got Tony Storm next week. Um, But Britt Baker's probably going to the finals. And if she's not, you're doing something wrong in your tournament. So, uh, good point on that one, Tyler. All right, my high spot of the week. I'm going to throw to AEW on this one. And I might take Andy's again. So, if I do, I'm sorry. How can you not give the high spot of the week to Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix? Like, what a match those two guys put on last night. Holy cow. Like, the hamburger meat that was Kyle O'Reilly's chest by the end of that match? <laughs> Good grief. How can you not give that your high spot of the week? That That's mine. Uh, uh, sorry if I stole yours, Andy.
1: What you got? You you kind of stole mine, but you didn't because I'm going to do two, and they're not actually matches. They're segments, and they're like okay. portions of a segment in AEW. The first okay. one is Jon Moxley cutting off Jericho before he can say stadium stampede and saying, I'm not doing that. You know what? Like, I... Uh-huh. Moxley's reaction to that was perfect because yes. that was my reaction. of like, Oh gosh, here we go again. Another stadium stampede. Like that was the perfect way and the perfect person to be like, we're not doing that crap here. Yep. Like I'm not, I'm not lowering myself to do that. And then <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> selling the chair shot of, from sting when he threw it back to his face, that yes. was hilarious. Like Kyle O'Reilly is a national treasure of selling stupid stuff like that because he even did that in NXT where he, went to hit somebody bounced off the rope and hit himself in the face and sold it perfectly so i i love kyle Riley by himself right now, like doing this stuff right now i i think he's in his element right now so those are the two high spots for me
2: i thought it was very cool tyler what you got uh actually my high spot i'm gonna give it to the ladies in wwe on smackdown uh Uh, Raquel Rodriguez versus uh, Ronda Rousey was a good match. To be fair, I didn't get to watch it in its entirety because I I went to SmackDown's top 10 moments. But from what little bit I saw, I forget how impressive the power of Rodriguez is to walk Rousey about a mile around the ring in that suplex. And then Rousey, it was nice because the finish wasn't always the submission. I, I mm. like how it was a pin. It made it different. So you don't always expect the arm bar every time. And what an impressive showing by uh, Rodriguez. I, I love to work in NXT and I'm glad to see him uh, pusher. What a spot to be in. Come out yep. and then face Rousey, the SmackDown Women's Champion. So that's my high spot. I, I like what Rousey's doing. As much of a mark as I am a Charlotte, I do actually uh, really like Rousey as well. So that that's the high spot for
0: me. I definitely think, I mean, he, it's a way to get a high profile match on SmackDown, make it feel big, and way to put over Raquel Rodriguez. You know, I mentioned this earlier in the Sasha Naomi stuff. Like, you can lose a big time match and still come out okay, especially with the star power that Sasha and Naomi have. Raquel doesn't have that star power, but guess what? She looks great losing to Ronda Rousey the way she did. She put up a great match, like Tyler said, it only makes her look better. And she's earned the respect of Ronda Rousey, so it's going to put her over in the eyes of fans. Plus, we didn't mention this earlier, but Ronda Rousey's starting to get some love from the fans. They're starting to come around on her. Uh, that reaction she got the other night was not piped in. It was organic. I'm not saying that you know she's going to get to the level that she once was, but I think people are starting to come around on her. Um, so maybe that's hope for the future. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Put a bow on this week's episode. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching. We would appreciate that very much. Go back and check out last Monday's episode, the PBWF Draft. A lot of fun we had this coming Monday. Jared Justice is going to join me as we talk all about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I know that Tyler's a big Jim Cornette fan, so this will be a good episode. Hope you guys are... Uh, tuned in for that. We're going to talk a lot about Smoky Mountain and how Smoky Mountain doesn't get the love that it deserves. I don't think a lot of people understand how good Smoky Mountain was, even though they only had a three-year run, how good, how influential that company was and how it shaped the world of wrestling. We're going to talk all about that coming up on Monday. So keep it tuned in right here on Sportswire Radio, BodySlam.net, YouTube channel, and, of course, wherever you find your podcast. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on, man. I would be doing an injustice if I did not give you an opportunity to plug all of your busyness, all of your, your, the blogs that you do and the podcasts that you do, please take a moment, tell everybody where they can follow you and where they can find your stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, you can find Tyler's take podcast, uh, it's www.tylerstakepodcast.wordpress.com. And then the words of faith is the same thing podcast or the words of faith podcast, let me clarify. dot and uh also come with podcast articles. I'm also like Chris, I'm involved with CCW on commentary and, and different roles and also their magazine and the rewind uh wrestling radio podcast and uh And I'm going to leave you all with this. I'm just so thankful for uh, Chris and Andy invite me back on. I always have a fun time and I always learn something. These guys are very knowledgeable and uh, appreciate uh, another chance to come on and chat with you guys about something we all love and that's wrestling. So thank you.
0: It was a blast. Thanks so much, Tyler. Andy, anything else to add, man, before we sign off?
1: No, man. I'm just, I'm excited to, uh, to do the PBWF stuff. I'm excited to uh, draft. I've already started. I've got, I've got ideas rolling for that and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, you know, I, I'm enjoying most of wrestling right now. There's some stuff that I'm not enjoying, but that's always going to be the case. Cause there are some things that are not meant for me to enjoy. They're meant for other people to enjoy. And I'm totally fine with that. Um, I will, I will, I'm going to give props to, to Monday Night Raw. I normally am dogging it, but I'm enjoying it right now. And I think part of that is because they're focusing more on guys like Cody and Kevin and Seth and their women's division in some ways. So I, I'm enjoying a lot of, of what everything's doing right now. So wrestling is in good hands. And, you know, I feel like it's only going to get better and better.
0: It absolutely is. So this coming Monday, again, Smoky Mountain Wrestling episode. You don't want to miss that. And then the following week, we will be previewing AEW's Double or Nothing. We're going to follow that up with the AEW Double or Nothing post show. Then we're going to follow that up with a WWE Hell in a Cell preview, followed by a WWE Hell in a Cell post show. Two pay-per-views, two weeks in a row. Um, yes, yes. Andy is sighing because it's a lot. It's there's so much going there's on. And then guys, we are right around the corner from Money in the Bank from SummerSlam, from Clash at the Castle, from All Out, um another Saudi stadium show, then you're going to have Full Gear and Survivor Series before we know it, man. We are rocking and rolling. <laughs> it's going to be the Rumble before we know it. My goodness. Um, so lots of good stuff keep it tuned in right here the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast every Monday and Thursday and again we will keep you up to date on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Federation and how all that's going to uh, transpire it's going to be a lot of fun hope you guys are digging that we welcome your comments and your feedback at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram make sure you're subscribed wherever you find your podcast. make sure you're following Tyler at Dustin Tyler 86 on Twitter you're following Andy at Andy underscore PBWP and I'm at Chris Belcher24. Thank you for hanging out with us on this lengthy edition of the Vibe Bomb Wrestling Podcast this week. We will catch you guys down the road.